Gamers, welcome to episode 31 of Gamers Galaxy. Today, we're speaking with Tao, the solutions architect for Immutable. But before we talk to him, I need to talk to the legend Rubik. How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. A little bit chaotic morning, and I'm not a legend, but thank you for keep on saying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you always be a legend, me, brother. But uh, yeah, uh, Tao, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Very excited to be here. Um, I do want to say that, you know, both of you and just everything that you guys are doing is greatly appreciated at Immutable. Um, we do talk internally about you guys, and it's obviously all very good praise. So we're not taking what you guys do for granted. We really appreciate it, but otherwise, really, really excited to have this conversation. Oh, wow. Very, very cool. Thanks. That's 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 good to hear. I'm glad <laughs> we we love doing it, but it's uh it is it is a challenge keeping up with you guys. You guys just unleash so much stuff, and we're just like, oh my gosh, when do you guys breathe? When do you sleep? You know. So uh, yeah, very uh, man. I've never heard of a solutions architect. It sounds very complicated. Uh, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'll I'll tell you about myself, and then maybe my role at Immutable as well. Secondarily. Um, so I come from a tech consulting background, uh, did it straight out of college for a few years. Um, I think I was introduced to crypto around 2013, although I was a little too young back then. So it wasn't until 2017 when I picked back up in the crypto sphere. Uh, and then 2020 when COVID hit, when we had DeFi 1.0 and we had NFTs going somewhat mainstream or at least being introduced to mainstream. Uh, that's when I knew crypto is is here to stay. Like it's it's proven itself. Um, and since then, I've been pretty much a crypto degen day and night um, on Twitter all the time. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, really following Twitter. So I knew I wanted to be in this space. Um, and I learned about Immutable around twenty twenty one or so. Uh, saw that they were building primarily for gaming and. I clearly saw the value that NFTs have for games, right? Player ownership, Web3 within the gaming uh, sector. So I knew I wanted to be at Immutable. Uh, I've been here for a little over a year and a half now uh, and, and really enjoying it, even though it feels like I've been here for five years. Uh, now, where am I? Yeah, now in crypto, it's it's pretty nuts. One, one day feels like 10, right, in the normal world. Oh, yeah. Uh, but... In terms of being a solutions architect, my primary role is really helping games and ecosystem partners onboard to Immutable and really onboard to Web3. Right? Some games uh, have good knowledge in Web3, some just really do not. Right? So you have to find that level, uh, that level feel. Um, and it's really working with these games to kind of check out our products, learn about our products, uh, start integrating, right? Planning all the milestones, all the deliverables, um, doing rounds of testing before either the NFT collection goes live or the game goes live, or really any integration with us goes live. Um, and then ultimately all the way up to launch and, and post-launch support as well. So uh, 
really mapping out all of the mechanisms and all of the integrations that they do with us. When you think about games, they're inherently all unique and different. Um, it's not to say that, you know, integrating Passport is different, right, for games. It just depends where they want to introduce Passport to their players within the game itself. Right, so all these mechanisms are different and unique, which is what I love about working with these games. Um, and it's just a challenge, right? It's a journey to work with them uh, to, to integrate with Immutable. So that's at a high level what a solutions architect does. Um, we are somewhat on the front lines working with these games and partners. So a lot, a lot of my role is also gathering the feedback that they provide, right? Funneling that into our engineering teams, our product teams, and just making sure that they're in the know that, hey, you know, partner A has asked for this, partner B and C have also mentioned this in the past. Maybe we need to take a look into this and, and see if we want to introduce that into Immutable's product stack. So that's kind of secondhand, but really the main role, as I said, is really just working with these games, making sure they're uh, integrating with us successfully and all the way up to launch being successful. Mm, sounds like a pretty important role. <laughs> mm -hmm. to, to, um, what are, what's the um, the the work volume like? There seems to be a lot of games choosing Immutable. How, how are you guys coping with the sheer number of extra, you know, number volume of clients joining Immutable? <laughs> yeah, I'll say when I joined Immutable, uh, teams uh, I wouldn't say weren't working together they were but now we i would say we're a well-oiled machine we have teams specifically set on x y and z right uh so we have a roll-ups team working on the zk evm we have a partner success team that's what i'm on kind of helping partners and games uh integrate and launch immutable we have all of these different teams uh working on specific use cases and areas within immutable but then also working together so that has really tightened up Yes, uh, we have a lot more games onboarding now. We are shipping products a lot faster now. Um, so that does catch up to you. Uh, but then again, we are a maturing startup or company. So we do have these processes in place to handle that. Uh, and every game, every partner, every ecosystem partner uh, needs a different level of handholding, right? Some of them, like I mentioned earlier, are really knowledgeable in the Web3 space. They know what a smart contract is. They know how to calculate gas and estimate it. Um, so for those types of games and partners, you don't need as much hands-on. You're just checking in with them every so often, answering any questions they may have, just having regular syncs. And then other games need a lot of hand-holding. Uh, and for them, we dedicate a lot more time and, and really help them onboard into Web3. So yeah, definitely the workload is high, but that's, that's crypto, right? When you're trying to create a new category, create a new industry. Uh, and obviously be the leader in that in that market. Um, this is what it takes, right? Mm. So. Mm. Robbie's talked about uh, Web 2 this year in particular. Devs have been more involved into Web 3 versus before when it was Web 3 degens that were investors and gamblers deciding to start up a game. Are you noticing that that shift to where the workload is getting less because more qualified people are getting into the space now versus back then? Uh, that's a great question. I wouldn't 
No, I wouldn't really say that. Even if the studio is well-established, uh, they've been around for a while, uh, most likely this is their first game or set of games that they're building in Web3. So they still have a ton of questions. Mm. Uh, they might be very, very knowledgeable in the Web3 space, but, you know, Immutable ZK EVM is, is not like the same thing as Polygon ZK EVM, right? Our, our Rollups team have customized it, fine-tuned it specifically for gaming. Uh, so some of these studios do have questions on the fine-tuning. Uh, they do have questions on pass for it, right? The mm -hmm. custodial aspects, legal questions, things of that nature. Um, but no, even if the studio itself is mature and has been around, yeah, they have more resources, um, but they still they still require the help. Yeah. What are, what are your top three favorite things about your role? Did you... Uh... Get, yeah, yeah. Get, um, get you have an idea of that, what that what they what that would be. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like I said, I, I'm I'm a crypto degen and I've been in this space before joining Immutable. Um, so you know the saying, you know, do something you love, you never feel like you're working. I mean, I, I can truly say that's how I feel at Immutable. Um, I just incredibly passionate about both gaming and crypto. Um, so two of them together, and it's just the perfect fit. But when it comes to the top three, uh, I would say A is working with the vast majority of different games. Like I said, I come from the tech consulting space, so it was kind of the same thing. Uh, I had projects that would be either six months or a year long, uh, and then you're just on to the next. And here is somewhat the same. The relationships are, are a lot closer here, I would say. Uh, but here I'm working with anywhere from 15 to 20 games at a time. Uh, of course, I think that number will jump up in the near future. Uh, but every game, like I said, is different. So it's really interesting to work through this journey with the game. Uh, at the end of the day, most likely they're all integrating Passport and Checkout and some of our other products. But how they're doing it is all different. Uh, so they have different needs and requests that we that we work with them. So that's definitely the top thing is working with many different games and going through these journeys with them. I would say, secondly... Uh, is really, and I mentioned it actually before, is is directly shaping how these how our products look and feel, right? Uh, and just the roadmap in itself. Um, we are on the front lines working with these these games and partners, so our feedback and and their feedback ultimately is super important to our products and and engineering teams. We've taken good strides. Uh, at the end of last year to really tighten the feedback loops between games and our engineering teams and product teams. Um, so now we have regular meetings with product and some of our games, right? Listening to their feedback uh, and and adding the highly requested items into our roadmap. Um, so yeah, number two is really helping shape the roadmap uh, and the development lifecycle of some of our products. The third one I would say is it really goes back to my main point is this is crypto and gaming, which both to me are really fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it really doesn't feel like I'm working. I'm online day and night all day anyway. Um, so now I'm just doing it in terms of gaming and crypto. I mean, that sounds awesome to me. Uh, and I will say it goes hand in hand that, you know, working in this space, Immutable hires really the top people out there. Uh, so working with some seriously, seriously talented people here at Immutable, like we have some giga brains that 
it's almost like you're talking to Elon Musk in a sense. Um, some of these people, <laughs> like they're so smart. Like I regularly have meetings where I'm like, damn, I I might be the dumbest person in the room, but that's that's how you grow, right? That's how you learn. That's how you grow. Uh, so really enjoy working with everyone here. I know you had Inga on. She's insanely smart and talented.、Uh, Steve Green as well. Of course, Robbie being the founder is too. So、uh, yeah, those would definitely be the top three. But the list probably goes on and on. I don't know if you could hear that, but、uh, I could just hear、uh, Rubik smiling over the interwebs right now. So、uh, you just made his day. <laughs> I,、uh, I actually am smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> I'm right about something. <laughs> he he makes that reference quite a bit about、uh, Robbie being、uh, very much like Elon Musk. So、uh, that, that that that's hilarious that you said that.、Um, no, Rob, Rob Robbie's great. Robbie Robbie's great. Yeah, he's very impressive.、Uh, very impressive young man. Well, he's not really a young man anymore. Well, no, he kind of is. He still is pretty young, honestly. So. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what he does over his career. But、um, yeah, so in, in my job, I, I have to play with、uh, you know levels, temperatures, flows, and, and and pressures, and make sure everything just works. But one of my pet peeves or pet hates, as、uh, we we kind of sent you this question, was I have to play middleman between upper management and the grunts out in the field. And for some reason, they can't pick up a phone and talk to each other and just solve it themselves. They want me to relay telephone style back and forth between both parties. And so my pet peeve is the grunts outside get mad at me, and the people above me get mad at me for their communication that they need to talk about amongst themselves. It's really dumb. I don't get it, but that's one of my pet peeves. So, what's one of yours that you have at、uh, your current position in Immutable right now? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. I would say for the most part, everything is is great. I, I truly love what I do here at Immutable. I I think everyone is bought into the mission, right,、uh, of player ownership, right, Web three gaming. Everyone is bought in. Everyone is working extremely hard every day to make that a reality.、Uh, I mean, I would say the thing I don't. The thing I don't like the most, and it, it's nothing really to do with Immutable, is some of the games I work with. They just end up running out of runway, right? They just、mm. didn't have a good maybe sale, or they just didn't raise enough. They're just, I don't know, development time is, is slow, and they're just running out of runway.、Uh, so that is definitely the worst part: is a game just not wanting to stop building, but having to because they run out of of a fund. Fun. So it's like say, saying goodbye to them, not even because they were successful or not. It's just wow, you ran out of runway. So that's that's one thing that that really sucks, right? Because I I work with these games every week. I'm I'm chatting with them, having calls with them,、um, and then just the runway issues just really suck.、Uh, but to go along with your middleman、uh, comment, there. I mean, there is some middlemaning in in my role, right?、Uh, mm -hmm. I'm working with these games. If they have a request and we don't have that feature available right now, right?、Uh, I would be going to our engineering and our product teams and kind of giving this feedback, seeing where it fits into our, our priority on our roadmap. And yeah, I mean, sometimes I have to be the bearer of bad news, but along with that bad news is obviously the reasoning of X, Y, and Z, why we're not looking into it right now, why it's lower on the priority scale, and then obviously you know the workarounds that.、Um, 
they can do in the meantime until that feature or that product is there. So that maybe that's number two, but really the top one is is watching games run out of runway. It, it sucks because you yeah. see the founders kind of faces light up when they're talking about their game. They're so excited about it. They have a small team, right? Uh, and then, you know, they run out of runway and that's it. So wow. it's, it's definitely mm. the worst part. I never thought it's, of that. Uh, I never thought of that. You like, got, you have yeah. to watch someone's dream die. That's okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I'm seeing that, I'm I'm seeing that with, with with another game uh, that are one of my favorite games is struggling to get funding. They say they say they have now more than likely about about to close it. But Sparkball, it's an actual mutable game. It's the funnest game I've played in like even Web two, like in a beta form. It was so fun to play. And they're, uh, you know, struggling to get funds to finish it off. So uh, I hope that someone smart enough picks it up because that could be a huge win, that game. Yeah, for sure. And it's something I saw, you know, the last two years, right, within the bear. I, I, I would kind of safely say that this is the beginning of a bull, right? So I think raising is probably easier now. It's going to get easier um, this year. But yeah, the last two years have been pretty brutal in terms mm. of crypto being it the bear market hmm so uh, we touched on this before about around the workload like immutable has been exponentially growing in games has the team been exponentially growing to, to handle them or is it how how is immutable going to handle bringing all these games to to you know get the service they need and bring them through to the ones that don't run out of money that is um you know what i'm trying to get at like it just seems like you see that the graph of the number of games Immutable's won that they've they've that Immutable showed themselves, and it's exponentially growing the number. And now like 50 games in the last two months, and Robbie just quoted that's more than anything before. How how are you guys going to handle that workload? Is there is there a plan for that? Yeah, so it's just something that we've been working on. I mean, ever since I've joined, right, is streamlining these processes. Um, understanding exactly all the milestones that you're working with on a partner. Um, and I will say uh, there are maybe one or two teams inside of Immutable that are working on this specifically. Uh, for example, we have the Immutable Developer Hub. Uh, that wasn't around when I joined uh, a year and a half ago. And now as a developer, you can go ahead and create contracts through there. You can set up webhooks through there. Uh, we'll have some more products coming down the line that I probably cannot mention right now. Um, but making it easier for developers to kind of self-serve, right? Um, and do things through this hub that maybe myself, I had to do manually for this partner, you know, a year or so ago. Um, so it's kind of that, right? Is having the immutable hub and the self-serve aspect and automating things for these partners. It's building better products. Uh, again, a product that I think is going to be announced relatively soon that's really great for developers um, will make it a lot easier for them to interact with the Immutable ZK VM. So in that sense, it kind of takes away the workload from us having to really talk through this partner on exactly how to do this one specific thing. Now it's just one simple API call that they have mm. to do. Um, and then lastly, I will say our teams um, are shaped around these partners in a sense where we have like the studio game uh, game side of Immutable and they're working on kind of the self-published games and then also partnerships with these close games. 
Um, so they're really set up to really help these games. And then we have myself and kind of my team that are helping other games. Um, and we are scaling up these teams. So in terms of workload, yeah, part of it is really streamlining these processes, adding new products and features that kind of help in self-serve and make it where it's less manual for us. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, partially it's just having this immutable hub. I really want to stress this hub. Um, I don't know if you've got, if you guys know of Stripe or have taken a look at Stripe as a developer, but, uh, their platform, their developer platform is, is incredible. Like the onboarding experience for a developer, everything is self-serve. Uh, everything is API based for the most part. Uh, it's really like a world-class developer experience and that's where we'd like immutable hub to be so that will definitely alleviate some of the workload on people like myself and then even other people at immutable yeah we in my, in my last role we implemented stripe for payments and it's so easy to do like it just it just made online payments like to go to the next level we we, we never had to, to to deal with them ever we just the docs were so good the products were so simple we could just look it up ourselves and fix the problem no dramas you know with it so that i, I get your, your angle is instead of having to increase staff numbers and have, throwing manpower at the problem or human power at the problem um you know building automation tools and tools that are simpler that devs the devs on the developer side on the game side of things can look up the docs plug it in and get a majority of the work done themselves and then come to you guys for you know maybe niche areas and areas that are just a little bit different to you know, the norm of the of the docs yeah exactly and and just to even key in on that aspect uh it was our goal with StarkX is to make it completely api based you do not need to have web3 developers on your team uh, or your staff, uh, everything is API based and that's what web two developers understand. And that's what they know. Pretty much every developer knows how to use an API, right? Interact with APIs. Uh, now in terms of ZKVM, it's a little more complex because of smart contracts and, you know, EVM. However, and like I said, this product should be announced relatively soon. Uh, we will be adding abstraction on top of the ZKVM to make it, again, super simple for Web2 developers to use the ZKVM uh, and to interact oh, wow. with the blockchain simply through through APIs. Um, oh, wow. So that's, again, <clears throat> coming back to the Stripe topic where it's all API-based, super simple for Web2 developers. That's really the goal for, for us is to have simple APIs, simple SDKs, uh, make it so super easy where you do not need to, you know, hire 10 Solidity engineers for your game, right? Maybe yeah, just so one, if that. I wanted to ask a question about that. Like, so one of the criticisms of StarkX's implementation was the very basic capability of the contracts. Is, was that the, was that the API's restriction or was that the actual chain's restrictions to, to that? And does ZK EVM change that? Will these, will there be API driven development that enables more of the features of, 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 you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the StarkX was very restrictive what people could do. They had to do lots of workarounds on Web2, AWS. ZK Evin was brought in to make, make, give more flexibility around contracts. Are the APIs going to reduce that, that complexity or is it going to be, um, like open more open and more flexible even even with api driven development 
Sorry, mate. I've taken like 30 minutes to ask that question, but I hope you understand what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. Uh, yeah, so StarkX, the, the main issue is it's not EVM compatible, right? And there's just no smart contracts on StarkX. Uh, so that severely limits us and what we can do and what we can offer to games. Now, a game that simply just wants the ability to mint NFTs, transfer them, enable you know player-to-player -player trading, StarkX is a great choice, right? The throughput is insane. You can mint millions of NFTs for free uh, with instant finality, right? So that's really the key benefit of StarkX. Uh, but like, like I said, there's no EVM compatibility. There's no smart contract. So you can't really do anything permission, uh, permissionlessly, right? If you want to have in-game lending, you as a game will have to take custody of those assets. Unless there's a third-party tool or, or proje project that offers this right for your players. Which I believe there is one I saw recently on StarkX that does this. Um, but yeah, ZK EVM now because it's EVM compatible, you can you know deploy your own smart contracts, custom smart contracts. Yeah, this infinitely increases the possibilities that you can have and do as a game, right? In terms of Web three components, it's actually something I talk a lot with my games and partners is. You know, maybe right now they're on StarkX, but I, I ask them, think a little bit long term, right? Most likely you want to introduce more aspects of Web3 into the game. Maybe you do want to have staking within the game. Maybe you do want to have permissionless uh, lending and borrowing of, ass of your assets. Um, maybe you do want to have your own token and like a DEX, right? And... Kind of primitives and, and DeFi and all of that good stuff. So the possibilities on ZKVM are really endless, right? You're only limited to what you can code on a smart contract and maybe perhaps you need oracles or something like that. Uh, but yes, our overarching goal is to make Web3 very easy for game developers, right? Like I said, we do not want you to have to come to Immutable and, and have to straight away hire 10 Solidity engineers to build on Immutable. Um, so creating very easy to use APIs on top of the Web3 elements uh, is a great selling point to games. And it's something that they really like. Um, like this product that I keep mentioning, um, I've been kind of showing it and telling it to a few partners uh, and they are super, super excited because it really makes it easy uh, to, to integrate with Web3. Yeah, and so these APIs are going to be limited to what Immutable en enables, or is it going to be like whatever Ethereum enables? Well, you, yeah. it's whatever Immutable enables because you have to hit it's it's our APIs, it's our endpoints, right? So we, yeah. we're building the the backend tech uh, to service these calls. Um, so but, so will will you be able to like so a customer come and see what APIs are available? And they'll be able to say to you, hey, we want to do this. And then they can write their own contract to do that. And if there's enough, say, games that want to do that, eventually the team will go, you know what, that's enough to build an API for and cover that feature as well. Is Am I in the right track here? Yeah, for sure. Everything, every product decision and just prioritization stems from the demand from games building on us. Yeah. Right? So, um, no. 
I'll just take the ZK EVM for an example, right? Why we were losing so many deals was we didn't have EVM compatibility with StarkX. So what, what did we do? We listened to the games that we were pitching to or that we were talking to. Uh, and well, we went ahead and, you know, partnered with Polygon, right? And now we have that solved, the EVM compatibility side of things. Um, so really every product decision stems from the feedback from the games that are actively building on us or maybe even actively rejecting us in these BD calls. Um, mm. Again, I'm not in the BD calls, so I don't know exactly how, how it goes down there. But uh, yeah, we, we I want to stress that we definitely listen to our games. We take their feedback and we prioritize based on the overall demand for a product. Um, typically, I will say, though, in terms of APIs abstracting away on-chain elements, Sometimes the games don't even know how beneficial this is until they compare these APIs to maybe something on another chain. Like, ooh, we have to make this contract call on X, Y, and Z chain, but with Immutable, it's you know one very simple API call. Uh, so I, I think over time they'll see just how useful building with APIs is versus you know building all of that backend infrastructure to handle contract calls and such. So. Hmm. That's uh, <clears throat> I, uh, there is a lot of high tech stuff there, and I'm just stepping out of the way. It's like watching uh, Mike Tyson and Floyd, Floyd Merriweather go out here with the skill set that you both have. So, but the, the thing that I took out of that that I was able to pick out of that was you guys are listening to the games of what they need, and not just the ones that you get, the ones that you missed on. Why didn't you get them? And that lights my ears up. I love hearing that because even 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 in the ones you swing and miss on, you want to know why. And that's why you just said, you know, we decided to go with Polygon to get that solution for, for the game companies. And that's that's what I want to hear. I hope everyone picked up on that because that that's that's what you want your company, if you're banking on this company, to, to do. Like, what pieces did we miss on? What pieces do we do have in place to progress to make this easier for the game developers? And so uh, hats off to you guys on that. So, It's just the API thing might be confusing people, but what an API is, is 95% of devs deal with APIs in their job. So it's a common practice that people use to, to, to retrieve data pretty much or retrieve a, a payload of information. Mm-hmm. And so instead of... What, what it is, is the, the mutable build, a common tool that people want to use. Um, and you can also customize that API call. So you can say, I want to get the smart contract that does this, this, and that. And then when it will return, so the, all the dev has to do is say, understand what the API rules are. And because they already know how to use APIs, they can then just hit that API with a, with a command and get the information they need. Pretty much that's the simplest way I can explain it. I might be wrong, Tal, because I, I don't deal with APIs a lot myself. But um, yeah, it, it, what it does is makes it very simple for a developer to, to be able to use smart contracts, which is quite complicated. It needs audits. You know, you have to audit smart contracts that you're right and things like that to make sure they're secure. But with an API, that audit will happen once and then any, anyone can hit that API and it's safe. So it's very, yep. uh, it just speeds up the, the pace of development. It speeds up the simplicity or it makes it more simple. Therefore, it's cheaper. Uh, just the, the, the benefits of using APIs, if it is, is, is like every single thing in development is a trade-off. You know, you, there's positives and negatives of everything. 
So there are negatives to APIs. It becomes a little bit more restrictive for what you can do. If you want to go outside the box a little bit, you can't do that as easily as if you're writing the contract yourself. And that's what I was kind of getting at with my question. How flexible are these APIs going to be for the needs of developers? Is it going to be all-encompassing? Going to be, all and I think you answered that question, Tal, saying yes. Over time, we'll add more and more uh, capability around the API calls and move away from them having to write any contracts at all and be able to become purely API-driven. And I can't wait for this tool to be announced. It's not a secret. We know that there's something coming. That uh, that it's been told multiple times that API-driven driven development is going to be. Uh, immutable ZKM's focus and just the tool that to get that done assuming it's going to be the announcement can't wait to hear it yeah and you know I'm looking at our docs now because we just released it in our docs and I'm not sure when you're airing this but yeah I mean we can just talk about the first API that really changed it sets us apart from other chains uh, so it, I see it it's on the docs um, so should be able to say, but it's a minting API. So if you think about how you would mint um, through a regular smart contract on another chain, uh, you would have to make a, a call to that smart contract, to a function within that smart contract as a game. Now with that, you have to uh, manage things such as nonce, you have to manage gas. Um, there's all these calculations and things you have to account for to actually mint something to a gamer or a player. But with this new minting API that we have just released in testnet and mainnet should be shortly, this minting API allows any game to, within one API call to us, uh, mint uh, assets to any player that they define, right? Any Ethereum address. Um, now this can be wow. batch mints, so, so it could be like 200 mints with one one API request, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, the thing I want to stress about this is it's so much easier than building all the backend infrastructure for minting and contract calls. This is simply, you go to the immutable hub, you deploy your contract, you start setting up this minting API, you just call it, and then that asset is minted to the player. Um, and you can include your metadata in the API call. So that we have the metadata, all of the marketplaces have the metadata uh, right away. Um, so it's truly game changing in terms oh, wow. of game That's developers amazing. can do versus on other chains. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it kind of goes back to the point I mentioned. A lot of game developers maybe won't notice how useful this minting API is at the start, uh, but as soon as they start using it, or maybe they compare immutable like minting on immutable ZKVM versus another chain, they'll see the benefits. Um, and it allows you to have really high throughput in terms of minting. Uh, so just so, one thing to know. And by the way, we're covering the, we're covering the gas costs for the minting API, um, I believe until September. later this year. Yeah, so it's, it's completely free for a game to even use this minting API at the moment, so. Is this something yeah. that would be utilized? So I'm trying to put this in layman terms here. Would this be utilized like if a, if a game wanted to do an airdrop and it would make it easier for them and more cost effective? I, I know you guys are doing it for free for a while, but even beyond that time period, is, is that where this would be something beneficial or am I reading this wrong? So an airdrop of NFTs or ERC20s? Yeah, uh, yeah NFTs... What, yeah, I would say more like the NFTs. So, 
I'm assuming that's a little bit of a complicated process to do an airdrop. So is this making this easier or? Yeah, so I wouldn't really say this is primarily for airdrops, although theoretically, like you could use it for airdrops of NFTs. Mm -hmm. uh, where this comes into play is in game. If, uh, you know, if you're earning NFTs as you play um, as a game developer, you're just making one API call and that's uh... it. Um, as opposed to, like I said, just directly calling the smart contract. So this would be great um, for like now... Wagme Games then with their their cards that you can earn per day or yeah, that through chest. A better example would be Metalcore. So if you're playing Metalcore and you're you're going, you're out in the PVE world and you you're fighting a bot and you kill the bot and the bot drops a you know an item and you go pick it up. When you pick that item up, it mints that NFT into your ah. wallet that's attached to the to the account. Okay. Um, and it's done. It's done with code. In the code base, it's one line calling the API rather than having to have. And what that does is simplifies the process of minting an NFT makes that less risky for issues to happen because it's very linear the way the code works. It's very simple the way the code works. The complexity of the code becomes very simple and much easier to implement. Am I right, Tal? <laughs> Sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. No, 100% because if you Ooh. are just minting directly through a smart contract, I don't know if it, how familiar you guys are with nonce, right? So you have to keep track of the nonce and, and keep increasing it by one every time. Uh, to use an, an Ethereum address. Okay. Uh, with us, there is no nonce management. A game can send 100 requests at a time and we'll just batch all those requests and, 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 and perform those mints as they come to us. Uh, so a game does not need to worry about nonce. Again, it doesn't need to worry about gas. And I will say, even after this promotional period of immutable cover and gas cost, the minting API was built with gas in mind. So it's actually going to be cheaper to use the minting API versus directly using the smart contract, right? Um, well, last sucks, thing I will say, yeah, and last thing I'll say is it, this is for um, the ZK EVM, obviously. I honestly don't see, honestly, I don't see why a partner would use regular contract calls versus like over this minting API, it really solves everything that a game needs. And even just internally, every partner that I've pitched this minting API to, it's like, yeah, we're going to use it. Clearly, it's so much better. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's making, again, that's just... making it's making sense why why so many games are choosing immutable. Just that, yeah. Like, and, and backing up the fact that you just said that you work with, you know, you're a very smart guy, obviously, and you think you're the, not the smartest guy in the room sometimes. So, and you just see that coming through and why we've sensed this. And every time we meet with someone from Immutable and find bits of snippets of information, that it, the, the truth in the puzzle comes together of how great the, the whole entire ecosystem is. Very exciting um, to hear that. And that's, like, that's pretty much alpha. Uh, we're, we're good. We love alpha here at, at Gamers Galaxy. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah, and I appreciate you both breaking that down for me. I just I understood what you're saying, but I was trying to put it into terms of like, how is that going to look in the gameplay, or what does that mean for the gamers or or the, or the devs? But like Rubik, with you saying with the metal core, I, I didn't even think of that. That's I, that, that's just mind blowing. That the possibility is going to be there to where you kill something, it drops, and poof, there's an NFT. Like that's just the. Uh, it's like next level. I don't hear anybody else talking about that. So that, I, I get really excited about that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. It just, it just makes it very simple 
to do that where people other games developers you know keeping complexity out of code is really important so um you know my other developers are like you know what we'll just do we'll do this workaround you know if they, have, they, they don't have that option to do that where this is like wow that's even easier to do it this way than actually the other ways so you'd be no, like that like tal said it's a no-brainer to use it this way it's actually easier than even to do it like wagmi games does in a chest later on you know what i mean like it's it's a it's it's very secure very simple and it's and it's apis tighten down what can go wrong and so yeah, yeah. It's, made, it's it's very exciting it's awesome that, massive news for middle big 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 brain stuff there uh absolutely loved it i kind of want to circle back a little bit you talked about earlier where you were really you know it really bothered you to see certain games you know basically watch their dreams die and it was tough but like uh is there any games that you've you know had some pride in that are you know doing either either a little bit successful or maybe very successful that maybe you had a hand in bringing into the immutable ecosystem if you're allowed to say i don't know if you are or not but have you had a hand in anybody coming into this ecosystem uh when you say coming in do you mean like from a business development standpoint or just helping these games launch um it could be either or however you want to answer either you help them launch or you're like hey this game's I think this game's really got a potential, the the devs involved, the team involved, and you were able to bring them into the immutable umbrella. Either way, whichever way is easiest for you to answer, or that you're allowed to. <laughs> got it. Yeah, so I, I'm not on the BD side, so I don't go out and, and prospect and scope out clients and bring them on. Okay. Um, I, I work with games after they've already decided to build on us, uh, but... Yeah, look, some of the games that I'm directly uh, working with, um, one of them is Warner Brothers, right? So this was a, a trivia game that launched, I believe, summer of last year, mm-hmm. end of summer last year. And it's uh, Bleacher Report Watch to Earn. And, you know, I'm from the U.S. Uh, basketball has been something that I like to watch. Not necessarily so great at playing, but I like to watch um so it, it was really cool to work on this with them and then see it actually on TV. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe, uh, NBA on TNT right, has their uh, pre-game show, post-game show after all the games are, are yeah. finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they ran a Bleacher, they run, they still do run Bleacher Report, Watch to Earn campaigns. So it's just a trivia game. Yeah. And you earn NFTs and ERC20s. I'm sure you know. So that was really cool just to see it on the big screen. Uh, other games that I'm particularly either working with or interested. Uh, I remember growing up, I was obsessed with Vainglory on my phone. And it turns out that we're actually working with some of the original team uh, with Shardbound. So really excited for, for Shardbound. Um, Pixelmon is another great one uh, that's someone that I'm working with. Uh, so pick someone uh, really excited about the games that they're building. It's not just one, it's a few. Right. Cureverse uh, is another great one. Uh, I do prefer kind of shooter games. Um, so Cureverse is really great. And I love the team behind Cureverse. Uh, they're just a pleasure to talk to, to work with. They're really professional. Um, and they have a really good strategy on how they're breaking into Web3 and just gaming in general. Uh, and then maybe just 
another one I'll mention. And like I said, I have like 15 to 20 and then there's oh, wow. know, over you get a lot. 200. Yeah. 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 Um, another one is, I, I think the last one I'll mention is, is cool cats, which, um, I don't know if they've publicly announced their launch date, so I just won't say, um, but yeah, they, they are building a game on, on the ZK EVM. Mm-hmm. It will be live somewhat soon. Um, so really excited at cool cats is a huge brand in web three. Uh, I remember hearing and seeing all about them in, in 2020, 2021 or so. Um, so it, it's really cool for it to come full circle and now they're kind of building with us. Um, so those are just some of the games and you know if anyone at immutable told you they knew every and all game except maybe like the bd and except acceleration <laughs> teams most likely they're not telling the truth like uh, i do not know every single game there's just too many building on us so I, I know the games that I'll, I'll, yeah 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 especially for you guys having to try to keep up with all of this <laughs> uh it's it's really tough to know all the games yeah. Uh, Maybe again. I'm back. I'm, I just disconnected. I'm back again. Can yeah. I, yeah. I seen you. I got your message. I was gonna cover for you there. Uh, yeah. Rubik had a little uh, technical difficulty issues there. He's back. He he probably melted his Ethernet cord uh, with all that high tech talk he was doing. Oh, I'm just messing with the man. But uh, yeah, that's really awesome. Especially the Shardbound game. We're real big on Shardbound here. We absolutely love their team. Uh, the uh, trivia game. Uh, with basketball, I think it was Warner Brothers. You said that's one that really piqued my interest. I wanted to see more from that because I think trivia is such a—it's such a huge thing. I don't know how it is the rest of the world, but it's—it is so huge in the bars over here. There's trivia everywhere in the bars. They—they they love it, and uh, yeah. I can totally see that taking off. Um, and I'm a huge basketball junkie. Uh, I, I still play at my age uh, on Monday nights. Uh, and uh, the, who's your favorite NBA team? Uh, I will say the Sixers because I grew up most of my life in Philly or close to Philly. Uh, so yeah, if I had to pick a team, it's the Sixers. And a but, side note, I don't know. I just like. Do you like? Yeah, do you, do you, you know who Nick Kellen is right? I do not know. Oh, he used to be with Immutable. He's not anymore, but he was a huge Sixers fan also. So uh, I was just wondering if you guys had a Sixers connection going on or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I haven't heard that name, Nick. Cow. He, he was the um, uh, CM of uh, GOG for many years. Yeah. And then, oh, uh, he, got it, got he it. Was, he was amazing, and he loves basketball. Got he it. just tweets, just tweets about basketball now. So, what's it, what are you most excited for? I might have, I missed all those lists of Web three games that you that you help bring on personally. Uh, what is, I'll have to listen back myself to hear that. But um, what out of all the games you know on Web three, which ones are you, are you, are you like really interested in? Yeah, so uh, and it's great to see like the sheer amount of genres and different games building, not just only on Immutable but Web three as a whole. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of trading card games or kind of like auto battler kind of like casual i like to be deep in the game and you know doing all the actions myself so really excited about any sort of shooter games first person shooter like shrapnel i think uh looks really great um i know rubik we talked offline in dms but any sort of mobas uh super excited for them as well um but yeah, look, this this really <laughs> this ties into what I, I said earlier. It's um, first, I can't really 
pick any favorites at Immutable. Boy. I don't want to do that to my partner games. Um, but secondly, honestly, I just don't know all of them building on Immutable. At this point, there's just so many. so hard to keep up. Um, so, well, we, we yeah, keep, look. Uh, we keep it uh, uh, like a current list of name, known games that have been announced um, through different channels or they've self-announced in that. And um, we're, we, um, you know, we're up to, we, I get people from Immutable telling me that they use my list to find out what's building on Immutable. <laughs> <laughs> I find that funny. That's so, funny. Yeah, no, it's we, we still don't know them all. There's another hundred at least. Yeah, and then just try to even count all of the, you know, developers building on self-serve, right? Um, it's just so many. Yeah, I know we have internal lists, but... It's not even just seeing the name of the game, right? It's actually doing research, seeing the gameplay, following along with that game. It's just so many, and it's a it's a great problem to have. So <laughs> I will say that. Yeah. So. There's a big shooter rising up the list of immutable um, favorites from the community in Bad Mad Robots. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's uh, actually I'm not a shooter fan, and it, I had it really low on the list. Um, you know, like as in, we just the four gamers Galaxy crew did a top 100 games they're looking forward to build, like most pumped for list. So it doesn't, it's not ranking them or rating them how good they are. It's what we're personally pumped for, which is a good rating when you don't know much about the games yet. Um, a good way to rate them. And I put Bad Mad down probably 50th, but it's, I'm gonna, about to release a video of our top 25 g- aggregated between the four of us. And it shot right up the list. Um, so yeah, I, I was very surprised to see that outcome. But there's, there, there, there was hardly any shooter games on Immutable for over a year. And then all of a sudden there's like 20 now, <laughs> like games building that are Yeah, yeah no, and I'm super excited. Just, just out of curiosity, what's your number one game, if you can disclose on that list? We, 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 can't, we can't give that list yet. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, okay. Because everyone will It was see all the, pretty much the same, wasn't it? Yeah, was I think one one person had it second, I think, or but yeah. we all had Guild Guilty Guardians number one. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. but um, very you, nice, very you, nice. You, you'll have to watch the video when we bring it out of us uh, discussing why we chose, you know, how, you know, why this top twenty-five became the top twenty-five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Please, no, excited. Um, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. So moving more to back, well, we kind of went off track into focusing on Immutable back to you again, but now let's go back to Immutable. So what made you choose to work for Immutable? Right at the start, when you went, I'm going to choose to work in Web3, I'm going to work for Immutable. What what was that story? Yeah, I mean, it it was a pretty easy choice. So when I decided to break into Web3, I picked, I don't know, five or so different companies or protocols or projects, however you'd like to define them. Um, and Immutable was one of those. And and the reason that the list of five came about was, you know, what I've noticed in crypto is there are clearly product market fit projects and companies, and there are clearly projects that are, they've created a solution and they're looking for the problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's really prevalent in crypto. It's uh, hey, we can use crypto rails. Let's build some solution and, you know, we'll find the problem after. <laughs> uh, so with Immu- with Immutable, it, it, it was so natural. It was so easy. Um, you know, I've played games in the past. I still play a few today. 
And when you spend money on anything in the game, it's just poof, it's gone. Um, I remember playing RuneScape back in the day and being lazy and wanting to buy gold or buy like good armor. Uh, and, you know, paying for that through some scammy online website. And actually, I'll give it to these websites. Most of them were legit, but probably 20% of them weren't and I got rugged. Um, so it just makes so much sense when I was looking into Immutable and just crypto in general was, you know, crypto and Web3 and gaming. Um, so Web3 gaming, is it just makes total sense, right? The, the market's already there. They already want it. Um, now it's just building actually good, high-quality games, right? Not building with Web3 first in mind, but building with, like, the game in mind and the actual quality of the game first. And, the, you know, the Web3 elements just add on to it and just bring more value and, you know, align incentives uh, more clearly between the games and the players. Um, so, yeah, that's ultimately why I chose Immutable. I wanted to be in crypto. I wanted to work on some... Something that made sense, that resonated with me, the, you know, the mission uh, was clear and I, you know, importantly agree with it. And I do think Web3 Gaming is, is inevitable, as Robbie always says, is, you know, immutable as a company, as we always say, Web, you know, Web3 Gaming is inev inevitable. I truly do agree with that and resonate with it. Um, it's, it's really just a question of when and, and not really if anymore. There's just too many games now being developed, being built not necessarily only on Immutable, just in crypto. Um, there's just too many. Like We are going to see a hit, most likely this year. Um, so, mm. yeah, ultimately that's why I chose Immutable. It, it, just, it was so clear-cut, such an easy, easy choice. So from when you first started and you, know, you made that choice, it was easy for you to, to see, and you've been through this process now for uh, a couple years, um, what what has that experience been like for you from the start to now? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a wild ride, I would say. Um, I I feel like since I joined, our products have gotten a lot better, a lot better. Uh, I, th I think Passport released around a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago, and you know Passport today versus last year, miles of a difference. We have this Passport hub, um, and and Passport is. One of the highest priorities at Immutable internally. So definitely keep an eye out on Passport. It's, it's going to keep on improving um, as, as time goes on. So yeah, I would say products getting a lot better. Uh, the mission getting more clear and like we can actually see the, the end game in itself. And what I mean by that is uh, before the Polygon announcement, you know, we were on StarkX. We were losing a lot of deals for not being Evium compatible. We were competing with Polygon for market share. Uh, but since that announcement, since that partnership, like, the end game is kind of in sight, right? EVM compatibility, which is what most developers prefer right now. Um, not really competing with Polygon per se, right? We have this partnership, this close partnership. So we count the market share together now because we are you know, built on Polygon tech in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it really it really boils down to. I think very soon we'll kind of enjoy the fruits of our labor, as we say, uh, by having these hit games launch, be successful, and just really open up adoption to Web three gaming. So we're we're kind of like right there in a sense. I just feel it. Uh, a year and a half ago, I don't know if I would say that, but now I can kind of feel like we're really getting there. 
CKVM just launched. I mean, there's the first game going live is very, very soon. Awesome. Um, and you and you'll see many, many more live games this year. I would say a lot of the games that have building on us for a year, two years, uh, are all going live this year. So yeah, I just feel like we're right there. I don't know. Maybe you guys feel it. Maybe it's just oh, yeah. me, but um, I, I got. It definitely seems like this. This is finally the year. I got a. Uh, you can pass this back to the team if you want. I can show you the DMs as proof too. Um, a, a buddy of mine, Sanjiro, he contacted me earlier tonight about passport. And he's he's an old school Web three guy, and he's gone through the the traditional way, and he was using Passport for the first time tonight to the sign up for uh, Shardbound, and he DM me worried. He's like, I think I just got rugged, and I was like, What are you talking about? He's like, This is way too easy, and I I I thought maybe he did get rugged because of his fear in the in the DMs, and then when he walked into the process, like, Nah, dude, that's Passport. That's how it works. He was like, Oh my gosh, so. Uh, <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. People that are used to the old way are concerned that they're getting rugged. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, yeah, Passport is built to primarily be for Web 2, Web you know, 2.5, I guess you could say, gamers, players. Um, so, yeah, it, it, when you're really used to, like myself, MetaMask and, and a ledger, uh, is so simple and it's non-custodial too mm-hmm. so it's got the best of both worlds and it's definitely something that we have to work closely with games to have them learn about passport and really realize the full capabilities and full benefits of using passport versus like another wallet uh within the game so happy to go in depth on that too but uh yeah, yeah passport is great what tell us about it let's talk about passport um, we know we, we've both tested. I think maybe WT hasn't, but no, did. no, I have. It's uh, simple uh, email, man. I I couldn't believe how no, I mean, easy it was. Oh, what you... no, I'm, I don't mean I don't mean that. I mean the like the depth of Passport's future. Like, so oh, no. I've I've tested with the the UI researcher and seen what it's going to be. Um, you know, I'm pretty certain that's open information. It's not. It's not a quiet but it's like a steam like experience from what i've seen um is, is on the way is that what you, yep. is that yeah, what you believe tell yeah exactly and it's it's something like i mentioned we have to really educate the games on because for them you know they're thinking about their players they're thinking about onboarding and rightfully so right they don't want any friction for onboarding players into their game whether it's web 2 or 3 it doesn't matter it's just the lowest friction possible um so a lot of games do come to me and ask, hey, like, Zodial wallets sound great. Everything is API-based. The user's never introduced to a Web3 wallet. We do everything for them, right? Uh, so we want custodial. But where they don't really put much thought into is, okay, uh, you have this custodial solution for your players, but now all these players on, on let's say, Immutable ZK AVM, they have one specific game wallet for that game. And now they have to manage their funds across all of these games, all of these different wallets. They can't use any third-party ecosystem tools or marketplaces. So the experience is just completely fragmented to that one specific game. Uh, So when we're educating games and partners about Passport, we try to stress on the fact that 
Passport is not necessarily just a Web3 wallet. It's a social identity layer. It's your access to the whole ecosystem, right? One login, one wallet across the whole Web3 ecosystem at Immutable. Mm. So, you know, game A onboarded myself, right? I created a passport. Now I can go and use that same passport, that same wallet in game B. Uh, so the social layer is really interesting and I'm not too involved with the roadmap, like the long-term roadmap of the social identity part of Passport. What I do envision though is, you know, having friends in Passport, seeing activity in Passport. I'm not saying any inside info, I'm purely just kind of guessing. <laughs> um, yeah. But because it's a social identity layer, like having friends uh, introduced in Passport, seeing friends activity and passport like you said the steam experience um and there's also this, like uh, achievements in and in ranking sort of the social aspect to it as well like yeah so just like, exactly just like yeah. when you play games you get you know you get you meet milestones and you get badges and stuff uh, i see that happening as well in the longer term future exactly exactly yeah so it's great and, it, and it's also um discoverability right so being able to show a password player hey you've played game x y and z we're going to recommend you this game now and it's player acquisition for for that next game right uh, the player is already onboarded into passport they're already onboarded into web3 now we're just surfacing discoverability within passport and kind of showing you what other games you could play with the same wallet the same address the same funds um so yeah i mean and that's great and because Pretty much all of our games are implementing Passport and, and committed to using Passport. Uh, they could read assets that a player owns very easily from another game, allow them to use that in their game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, custodial wallets are great in that it, it's a lot of flexibility for the developers, um, very easy onboarding and, and low friction for players. But then on the other hand, you don't get that social par. You don't players now have to only trade in that one game they can't go to a third mark uh, third party marketplace um, there are definitely limitations with being custodial and then also the game is taking custody of funds right it's a legal liability issue mm -hmm. uh so so yeah i mean that's that's passport in a nutshell and you know i'm really excited to see where where it goes in the in the next year or so and seeing this social aspect to passport this gamification badges aspect um it's it's going to be really exciting. So, yeah, really, is any, really. Is, is there anyone else doing like something similar to Passport? Like, so Sequence has got a wallet that's similar, but that's like a custodial wallet, isn't it? Again, and it's it's not it's um it's not it's not an ecosystem wide thing. It's just a like it still creates that narrow one this account for that game only sort of thing. Uh, is there anyone else you can think of that's doing? Yeah, just 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 Passport. Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, MetaMask is kind of similar. Right? I could use the same MetaMask, my same MetaMask wallet on DeFi Project 1 and DeFi Project 2. So it's kind of like that. But then obviously Passport is just miles better in terms of functionality and, and usability, user experience and all that. Uh, so I don't really know too much on other competitors doing the same thing. Um, but because Immutable 
owns the chain, right? It's KVM because Immutable owns the platform layer, and then on top of that, the product layer. We're able to do so much more than you know what a regular wallet provider can do because we own the platform layer and the you know the blockchain layer as well. Uh, so the possibilities are way higher for us versus you know another wallet that is just a wallet provider and they don't they can't really control the chain or the platform. Uh, so that's yeah, that's really where the bread and butter comes in, in, into Passport is is the usability right for for a player across all games, all ecosystems, all marketplaces. So really, really excited about Passport. What about uh, moving on to one area that Immutable has definitely dropped the ball in um, was the Dex kind of features on the old StarkX chain with Immutable swap there's there, but it was pretty ordinary. Um, and there's been a lot of complaints about it. Um, ZK AVM's been solved with that with checkout, but also we're hearing about third-party DEXs building on Immutable as well. What what are you what's your thoughts on that on checkout and and uh, that's this feature and why is there a need for these third parties? Uh, when you say a need for these third parties, do you mean well, like why shouldn't we build them ourselves or? Well, Checkout is building kind of a DEX. It really is kind of a DEX, isn't it? Um, and how would you describe... Let's, sorry, I, I did three questions in one like I normally do. I'm sorry. Let's just focus on Checkout first, and then we can go to that later. So what is Checkout, and how does it... Is, you know, is there anything that differentiate, it, differentiates it from the rest of the players out there? What are you excited about for Checkout? Yeah, yeah, happy to go into Checkout. Um, I think at a high level, and it's my definition, It's I don't even think it's like the immutable's main definition of checkout um to me i like to think about it and, and educate partners on this that checkout is a way for your players to be transaction ready um so and actually not just transaction ready i guess but also perform transactions so when you think about building a game in web 3 you need liquidity you need a player to be able to onboard funds to be ready to either buy an nft or trade nfts you know, what what have you. Uh, so checkout is a way for a game to very easily incorporate all of these necessities. And I call them necessities. Uh, doesn't matter if you're on Immutable ZKVM, doesn't matter if you're on Arbitrum or Solana. Uh, your player your player will have to bridge funds or add funds in some capacity, in some method. Whether that's bridging from Ethereum, whether that's bridging from a centralized exchange, whether that's using a fiat on ramp you will have to provide these services to your players. What you have to do right now, however, is either build out a... And I'm saying we have to do right now on another chain, not immutable, we'll check out. On another chain, you would need to build out a custom front end for it. Uh, you would need to handle all of the errors, all of the rejections. Um, all of that you need to do yourself, right? All of the bridging you have to do yourself. Or you can send your player to, you know, a bridge provider, like across or you know the other you know, maybe arbitrum's main bridge but in that sense you're still sending the player or the user to somewhere else and it causes friction at lower conversion rate um, but with checkout uh it is an sdk right it's part of an sdk but we do have these this concept of widgets for checkout so now a game can just very easily add this widget onto their website onto their front end and a player can just use that widget to be transaction ready, right? So we have these pre-built widgets. You just 
very simply attach it uh, to, to your front end. And the player can bridge from Ethereum layer one. We'll have other chains as well. They can fiat on ramp. We will have fiat off ramp as well. Uh, they can swap tokens. So checkout is built. I'm not going to say on top of a DEX. We've integrated QuickSwap, which is a DEX that's, uh, that we partnered with on Immutable. Uh, so now swaps can easily be done within this widget or within this checkout uh, UI. Um, so yeah, checkout makes it super simple for a game to have these necessary options um, and, and functionality within the game or within their front end. So at a high level, that's what checkout is. Um, and of course, it's, it's a relatively new initiative and product. So of course, it'll be uh, built upon and extended. Uh, but like Passport itself is just a wallet. If you're doing, if you're signing transactions with Passport, like you're actually using like the checkout portion of things. Um, so checkout will be integrated into Passport, but it really is a separate product. Hopefully that somewhat makes sense. Um, now, in terms of DEXs specifically, I think DEXs are great to have. I wish there was one on StarkX, but because no smart contracts, you know, what are you going to do? It has to be a permissioned protocol or, or project. But on ZKVM, now you can actually truly have a DEX and not one, you can have many more, right? So I do see a time where more DEXs will deploy on Immutable. Uh, perhaps we're already talk talking to some, I don't know, to be honest. Hmm. Um, but then when you think about the checkout product itself, uh, we can actually start aggregating these DEXs within the checkout widget. So if you want to swap from USDC to ETH, uh, we will now aggregate that within checkout and pick the best DEX, right? The best liquidity pool with the best slippage and all of that for you. You don't have to worry about that. You're, you can sleep safely at night knowing that you got the best exchange rate, right? Nice. Uh, and again, this is, this is all like speculation for me, but this is kind of what I'm seeing this this going towards um, right. same thing with on same thing with on ramps too we have one on ramp right now one one partner for it um but that's again i don't know anything contractual or this is purely speculation um you know i don't see why we wouldn't have more fiat on ramps and then for the player we aggregate the best price for them right so yeah that's that's the checkout product and in terms of what's available out there today i really I mean, obviously there are fiat on-ramps, but then you have to send the player to a third-party website or ecosystem or platform to, to on-ramp. Um, other than that, I don't really know of any products like Checkout. And again, it's because we own the chain layer and the platform layer that we can build this. Other providers can't really build this um, to the extent that we can, I guess. Hmm. So hopefully that makes somewhat sense. I, I don't know. Checkout is just such a vast <laughs> product, um, somewhat hard to grasp at the start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's definitely a need. <clears throat> I, I can't wait to be able to exchange my funds around because it, it, it is a little bit limiting and I know some people have complained to me about it, but I know it's coming. So I, I think uh, when Immutable gets it, whether it's through checkout or a third party that you know i'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to verify is all legit and all that stuff it, it's going to be even more 
uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here. It, it's going to really make things more accessible for trading. I think that's the biggest thing that I could come up with on there. Because I, I know I've been in spots where I want to get an NFT from this game. But I was out of ETH. But, I, oh, man, I had some GOG token. But the GOG price on these things were super sky high at the moment and because people weren't watching them and adjusting them accordingly to the market so yeah i'm looking forward to that for sure um well think 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 about this and this is i'll point out two things that are really going to be useful for gamers with checkout mm -hmm. so say a game is selling nfts and they're charging only usdc but all you have is ETH. So typically on another chain, what I'd need to do is uh, go to a DEX and perform a swap. With checkout, um, we're able to kind of do these swaps under the hood. So yeah, we can see that you only have ETH, but okay, we'll just swap it under the hood using the DEX with checkout for you. You don't have to go to the DEX yourself. Uh, you can buy this NFT with your Ethereum. We're just going to exchange it for USDC under the hood. So oh, that's wow. really powerful. Yes, please. That's really powerful. Where do I sign I up for that? that. Uh, <laughs> Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. Uh. And, and and think about it. It's not just on ZK EVM. Like, for example, if you have assets on Ethereum, like, again, speculation, but theoretically, we could do the bridging for you and the swap for you and then purchase that NFT for you. Right? Um it's all just one transaction that you would initiate, and we do that all under the hood for you. So, wow. Uh, and then the the other thing I wanted to point out was, um, yeah, no no decks on StarkX. It's limited, but on ZK with with one or more dexes, and just the fact that it's EVM compatible, and it's not it's not really an initiative that we're going after right now is having DeFi and. and you know, derivatives on, on the ZKVM, but it's something that personally, in my opinion, I do see coming, um, you know, once we have successful games and, you know, some NFTs are valued highly, I don't see a, a scenario where we won't have DeFi primitives on immutable ZKVM unless, you know, Robbie and Alex and James just don't want that to, to be there. Um, but for example, like now you can have like perpetual options and, and futures on NFTs and like, you know, all of that, right? Because EVM compatible, like, yeah, like now you can loan an asset, lend an asset. Um, if it, if I think this, this collection floor price is going to skyrocket because of something, I can open up futures on that NFT collection. Oh my gosh. On the immutable ZK. So like. Yeah, like just think about all <laughs> the possibilities now because it's EVM compatible. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's something I'm looking because I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm more of a DeFi guy than an NFT guy. I know I work in Immutable, um, but I'm really interested in the financial side of things of crypto. Yeah, it's primarily sure. what I start started out with when I when I came to crypto. So yeah, again, I don't necessarily know how high that is on a priority scale. Uh, for immutable, but I do see derivatives um, coming into play at some point. Robbie mentioned it recently. Yeah, he did. So must, be, must be on the pipeline. Was there, no, it wasn't Navic. It was uh, oh the other one. The other one recently. Bell we curve? just talked about Yes, Bell Curve. Yeah, he talked about the derivatives. I've heard him talk about it before, too. I've heard him talk about it in the past and, and mention it. And 
yeah every, every time he starts talking about it i'm like my mind gets blown because like it just it's it's like a whole another pandora's box that people aren't even thinking about right now and the possibilities and and the the inflows of uh of liquidity volumes oh my gosh Whew. but uh yeah you opened up a yeah. lot of stuff there uh you've talked about check about you talked about passport uh, I know you're restricted to what you can say. It, we would be in trouble with our with our listeners if we didn't at least attempt. Is there anything coming soon in the pipeline other than what you've mentioned that you can talk about? If you can't, we understand, but we, we got to try. What what is there anything you can give us that's coming? <laughs> um, I, I don't think I can say anything specific, but I, what I will say is that you know we have a lot of games launching this year, so. Um, be excited for the sheer amount of games they're launching, the sheer amount of, I wouldn't even say like marketing efforts, but like we want these games to be successful, right? So we will be having big pushes uh, when these games start going live, both on ZK and StarkX. Uh, we love we love a game <laughs> if it's on ZKVM or, or StarkX, doesn't matter to us really. Um, so you will see a lot, a lot of high quality, good games coming out this year. So that's that's number one. Um, number two, again, this goes along with the minting API, but you will see these products that really di differentiate immutable versus building on another chain goes along with the immutable hub, right? Um, we released web hooks and I don't know how familiar, uh, I guess WTU you are with web hooks. Um, but on StarkX, originally you had to just keep pulling our endpoints if you want to under, like if any of if the state changed, right? A player transferred an asset and you want to know about it, you need to pull our APIs to know about it. But we did release webhooks, which now we will let the game know when a player has transferred an item, minted an item, sold an item, pretty much every event that a game needs to know, we have that being served through webhooks and we'll let the game know now. So mm, that's yeah, I'm just really- that, that Webhooks yeah. versus versus like it says keeping the data live, up to date, fresh for the it makes on the development side that's always a bit of a challenge when 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 you when you've got live information that needs to be updated on a webhook site. There's lots of different solutions, but it's always a bit, a bit janky. And APIs uh, calls can be you know you can hit limits to when so the actual accuracy of that information isn't always up to date as easily as a webhook. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what, what's the point of a game pulling our endpoint every five seconds as opposed to just waiting till an event is fired off to them and now they know about it? Uh, so webhooks are better for immutable to handle load, but also better for the games. So they don't have to, you know, keep making calls and checking, hey, did this player do anything? Um, now they're just notified when something happens. So, again, it goes along with this immutable hub of, you know, creating products that really make it easy for game developers to get started building on us and you know alleviate their major issues that they face with us and 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 just polling in general with with immutable um isn't the easiest thing there's a lot of things to take into account like you said rate limits being one of them um but you know there are definitely other issues with with our apis um but yeah webhooks really alleviate that concern so we we do highly stress for games to, to use our webhook service because it just makes more sense for all parties, for us, for them. Um, so, it yeah. Like it's, it's not just 
make it easy for them to, to build on you. It sounds like the tools you're building make the functionality of what they can do in a game easier as well. So like there's limitations of what people can do, what they can build into their game with based on the tools you've got. And you're building tools that not only makes it easier to interact with the ZKVM, but also make it capable for them to be able to do things that other they can't do in other chains. Exactly. And, and mm. you know, a major thing is uh, reducing the, the dev time. Mm. So if a partner wanted to, let's say, you know, just run like a regular primary sale on their, on their website, um, there's a lot to, to build into that, right? They have to build the login mechanism. They have to, you know, have a transfer of assets they have to pull the api to then know that that transfer was successful then they have to mint the nft to the player so a lot of things that can break you know within that process so we look at all of these processes for how these games like build on top of us and see where are the inefficiencies where are errors coming from where are our games and partners running into issues um, and how can we alleviate those issues and make them be able to build faster on us, right? It's obviously in our interest for these games to launch faster. We don't want to bog them down with development time and effort. So yeah, a, a large part of our developer resources goes into building these products that make it easier for the game, give them more flexibility, functionality, like you said, to, to build cool experiences for their players. Um, but yeah, definitely reduce the dev time to integrate as well. Okay, so like, for, sorry. Yeah, uh, I was just gonna say for for the immutable hub, for example, you can deploy a an NFT contract through the hub, being a non technical person. Um, typically, if you wanted to have an NFT collection, you would have to like use Remix and look up the ERC twenty uh, seven twenty one standard and kind of learn how to deploy this contract yourself. Uh, but now through the hub, even if you're a non-technical, you know, founder or person, you can just go in and deploy a contract straight through the immutable hub. So uh, it's making processes like this a lot better, um, a lot more efficient for for developers. Nice. So talking about technical stuff still, and this one's probably not related to your role, but it it's really interesting to me. Is this top one prover? Um, you know, the the significance of it. Like you've mentioned. EVM compatibility. Now, lots of chains say they're EVM compatible, but a type one prover is says that the EVM is equivalent rather than compatible, which is a step higher than compatible. Is this? Do you differentiate the difference between compatibility and equivalency, or have you been? Have you? Been, is that when you say compatibility, are you, are you talking about this equivalency? That's the first part of my question. Yeah, and that's a that's a great great question. Um, yeah, a lot of chains taunt that, you know, they're type two prover, type three, type one, whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, the EVM compatibility the thing about type one provers is that it can actually prove the Ethereum state. Um, and that's that's where Immutable is striving towards, right? Being having a type one prover. So we will be using Polygon Zero, their, their prover. Uh, that, that's the name. Uh, so I know that our rollups team is working hand in hand closely with the Polygon team on this prover and in general on the ZK EVM. 
like finding bugs together, fixing bugs together, uh, working on the prover tech itself. Um, so, oh, really? Yeah, it's not. So yeah, we are. Immutable is working on Polygon's actual prover, not the prover specifically for Immutable, to help it get ready for the Immutable and, and everyone else as well that what is going to implement it. Exactly. Yes, it's not necessarily our prover. We're we're leveraging uh, their technology, uh, their yeah. teams. Right. They, they. I think they acquired the team that's building out the prover. Um, so yeah, we're we're working with them closely. It's not just for us. It's yeah, like you said, it's it's for anyone that wants to use this prover. So we want to make sure that we're working with them to <laughs> to make sure this is going to launch right successfully, uh, not have any bugs or issues in it. Um, so yeah, really excited. And it is a Type One prover, um, like you mentioned yeah. earlier. So. We, at, at the moment, what's in place? Is there is there a prover in, at all in place, or is it? Uh, I've heard that there's it's a, a, a DPoS solution at the moment, proving, well, doing all the transactions on the mutable TKVM. Is that correct? Yes, you're right, and you're correct in that. And that was the goal all along, because again, like I said, it's it's Polygon's prover, right? It's it's Polygon Zero. So we are working with them. We are waiting on them. It's not something that we can necessarily handle ourselves. Uh, purely ourselves um, but that was the plan all along was to launch the zkvm and then very shortly after uh you know attach the prover and use the prover so i know that it is coming around the middle of this year if not a little earlier um so yeah you're you're right that right now there is no prover but that is the next step or the next phase as they call i believe we had a blog post about it too yeah no it's not hidden information um I found out about it through a conversation with the founder of another game, um, and then went, and then shortly after, I saw that article come out, and was quite surprised that there's. I thought they were just going to put a different prover in for now, and then upgrade it as it came. But it seems like this is a temporary stopgap until the, the type one prover is ready, and then implement that, which was just announced by Polygon that it's ready now. So it should be soon that it's going to get put into middle. How how long do you expect it to take? Is if you're able to comment on that. Yeah, um, I, I think middle of this year, although, you know, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. Um, mm. th that's what I've heard, and I think that's what was written in the blog post as well. Uh, again, it's it's something that our teams are working with Polygon, so like timelines could change. I'm not, I'm not too okay. sure about it. Um, I highly okay. recommend if you, if, I highly recommend if you guys can, and, you know, I'm happy to push for it. Uh, having a podcast with someone from the rollups team, like really going deep down uh, on the ZKVM and the rollup side of things, I think that would be a really interesting podcast. Yeah, maybe for the people that are that that are technical and, uh, and yeah, true. It's a lot maybe of, it's a lot of people, poor look, audience. <laughs> no, no, a lot of that. We started off a lot technical at the start of the pod, so there's a lot of people that listen that are that do enjoy the technical side as well. So, but I'm just. This announcement from Polygon about the prover being ready now, like actually ready to go into testnet, is huge for Web3 in general. Um, and it's the compatibility versus equivalency compatibility. So like you're saying, the ability to yep. do a transaction on Ethereum mainnet or on Immutable, it's the same. You know that meme? It's the same kind of meme, you know? so. Um, that that's different than someone's, you know, having to make modifications to code and it, and it working on their chain, but not on a, that exact same code, not working on EVM, uh, yeah, oh, sorry, yep. Ethereum. So yeah, yeah exactly. Just... And 
Yeah, and what I will say, and, and it's very evident in terms of our rollups team, in terms of our founders, is Immutable doesn't really take shortcuts. Uh, security is obviously the number one important factor. Um, so, you know, even just picking the ZKVM, even picking Starkware and StarkX uh, when they first decided to launch their um, Ethereum security was always the number one thing. Uh, they could have picked, you know, a POS chain. They could have picked a plasma chain. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's building for the long term. And in the long term, you have to have good security. You have to have Ethereum-level security. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that played a role in the decision with the prover as well at the end of the day. So, Fantastic. yeah, we, we should see more. Definitely we'll see more info about it um, later this year. Wow. I, I like sitting back and just letting the big boys talk at the big boy table here. <laughs> I do, I do actually have one stuff. more question. About, I have one more question about the prover. And so with the DPoS temporary solution in now, it's not stopping ZK EVM from going live and being compatible and, and all those kind of things. Or is it is there workarounds to enable that now? Like how impactful is this change going to be from type one to what it is in now in terms of developer easy keeping it easy for developers so it, it really um there is no change to developers per se right the prover will allow us to have ethereum grade security right because okay transactions yeah. are being proven on ethereum layer one uh and it's you know completely safe as a user to to use the zk vm so from a developer standpoint it doesn't really change uh at all um it's more so for yeah sense of security for players for the game studios that you know we're trying to win and onboard um having that security layer is extremely important so yeah. uh yeah again not necessarily for the players but definitely uh definitely i thought i just thought that the type one prover was the equivalency thing like you know if you look at the document type two three and four are not equivalent um but type one is so that's why i'm looking at it but you're but it's actually referring to the security side of things not the development experience okay cool got it i learned something today look it, it it's also the it's also somewhat the developer experience like for example on on our zkvm like the gas how, how gas is structured is a little different right um we obviously altered it to be better for games at the end of the day that's what's important um so you are correct in terms of the developer aspect of things being a little different um but really the security is what matters most um so we've been through all kinds of just amazing information with the the technicals of a passport check uh check out the provers um what's it What's it like working with uh, Robbie, Alex, and uh, possibly James? I know he's the he's the man behind the scenes and all. Uh, you got any cool experiences with them, or any cool information you could share with us about those three, or just one, whichever you can do? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to talk about each because each person is is uniquely different. Obviously, uh, like you said, James is really in the back background of things. Um, he is incredibly humble. His ego never gets to him. Um, he's what I've noticed. He's really he's a really great like macro and you know, like strategy market view guy. 
Um, you know, we have internal company meetings and, and James really lays the foundations of where we are, what's the state of the market, you know, where is our end goal, where are we heading to? So it's always nice to hear James speak on just kind of like macro topics, both in terms of the market and immutable as, as you know, in itself. Uh, I will say Alex is insane. Uh, this guy, I don't think ever sleeps. Uh, he is <laughs> always on. He's always energetic. He is literally in the weeds with everything that has to do with product and tech. Uh, you know, I'm in the US. So basically when Australia is waking up, it's, I don't know, around midday for me. Right. And I've noticed many times that the first person in Australia that sends a message is typically Alex. Mm -hmm. So it, it is nuts. Um, he, I can't even understate it. He is really, he touches every product. Uh, he is, you know, within our Slack, he is commenting on so many posts, um, no matter how small it really is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really, I really like to see that in a founder and a CTO is he's really in the weeds with everything. Hmm. Uh, and, and then Robbie, uh, you know, when you hear Robbie speak, when, when you, when you speak to him personally, um, you can just get the passion, right. Coming from his voice, coming from his expressions. Um, he's insanely passionate about gaming. Um, He's a beast when it comes down to, you know, striking partnerships um, and really just being vocal about Immutable, being vocal about Web3 gaming uh, and, and breaking down Web3 easily for the average person, whether that's an investor, whether that's a gamer or a game studio. Uh, he's really good at breaking down kind of like Web3 concepts. Uh, I do have a good story with Robbie. Yeah, at least ahead. it's a good story for for mm -hmm. me. I don't know <laughs> for him, um, but I used to live in New York, and Immutable had uh, a presence at NFT NYC. Uh, we were, I think, the main sponsor. Um, and I remember seeing Robbie there at one of our functions, and just started talking about because look, Robbie is somewhat my age, and Alex as well, <laughs> which is pretty much insane. Mm -hmm. um, but Robbie and I, I guess for the most part, kind of grew up playing the same games, or at least the same main game, and that's RuneScape. Um, both of us were insanely obsessed and addicted to RuneScape growing up. So just talking at NFT NYC with him about RuneScape, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but I noticed, and a lot of other people on crypto Twitter noticed, that RuneScape had a career opening for a Web3 engineer. Mm. I was like, whoa... <laughs> It's coming full circle because I spent so much money on that, uh, <laughs> on, on that game. Um, and I don't know if you guys know RuneScape too much, but they have like rare items that sell thousands of dollars every day. So, right. I've like, heard about that. I'm just, yeah. So I'm just wondering, you know, if this was on in Web3, if these assets were NFTs, like, can you imagine? Um, it wouldn't just be like the royalties or the trading volume. It would be, like I said, the derivatives on top of that. Um, so yeah, I, I just jokingly, I said, Hey Robbie, like, can we acquire RuneScape? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I mean, look, all founders are insanely smart. They're all super passionate. Um, this is clearly not like a money thing for them. Uh, this is like, uh, they were all avid gamers now and growing up. Yeah. Um, and when they, 
when they came across Ethereum, it was like they spotted it. Probably one of the first people in the whole world to spot that. Hey, now with Ethereum, you can have game, you know, asset ownership、uh, for games. So、uh, I truly see their passion in in what they do. And at Immutable, they're not sitting in the background, right? They are all really active on on Slack and in communications. So.、Uh, I really enjoy working with all of them, even though I don't, you know, work too close with them. But it's nice to see them in Slack and in meetings and, and you know, in person as well. So they're all really great. Yeah, we we get to see Robbie obviously a lot, and you can see the passion and、uh, what what you were saying. You, you can tell they from what we get to see between a little bit of Alex, a lot of Robbie. They're they're enjoying doing this. They're they're living their their dream job basically. And that matters because when you're having fun and you're doing something that you're passionate about, you have a higher opportunity of success. And we don't get to see James in the background. And for whatever reason, I don't know. I just can't. I can't get the image out of my head. He just reminds me of like a mad scientist walking around in a white lab coat with goggles, pouring chemicals back and forth between beakers. You know, it just. I know he's not doing that, but that's just like. He's just so quiet behind the scenes, and you know, Alex is like the middle bridge between him and Robbie. And there's this cool little triangle dynamic of taking over the gaming space that they have going. I don't know. I just my mind goes all over the place sometimes. You're, you're going a little bit crazy. I know. In, I know. Your, I know. Your imagination's running wild, mate. <laughs> just having some fun here, but、uh, yeah. But、uh, I, I appreciate your time. You've given us tons of info. We're gonna、uh, we're gonna wrap it up here and give you a chance to speak before we part, but. What, well, something well, that we ten questions, right? Yeah, ten questions. That's what I'm getting to. I'm getting to it. Yeah,、oh, we、I'm、do it. Ten questions for everybody, and、uh, it's a little bit of fun. You just give us a one-word answer. If you want to slightly comment on something about it, you're you're free to do so. But we try to keep it quick and concise. So,、uh, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. And obviously, if you don't know or don't want to answer, you can always pass too. So, do you prefer to watch sports or esports streamers? Uh, watch sports, but I do have a good friend、uh, who lives in Miami with me, and he's an avid gamer. And honestly, he's bringing me on to watching esports. So that might change, to be honest.、Um, but at least as it stands today, sports. Okay. So, what is your favorite sport to play right now? Ooh, to play. Okay, I'm gonna say snowboarding. If you count that as a sport, but yeah, it's a sport. We're talking about like just traditional. <laughs> we talk about traditional, yeah, basketball. Okay, so, snowboarding a- and basketball. All right, real. This is not a normal question. What, what's your favorite position in basketball? This is a personal question for me. You like a point guard? You play down low.、Uh, yeah, point guard. I don't know, ball handling, assists, all of that. I mean, it's just like the really good ones are like magicians, like Kyrie. Yeah,、um, Steph. It's like it's insane to watch.、Mm-hmm. Okay,、um, are you、uh, a fan of Messi or Ronaldo? Ooh, Ronaldo. Okay.、Uh, which platform is your favorite pleasure? Xbox, PlayStation, PC, or Nintendo? Ooh.、Uh, I'm gonna say PC. Say PC. I gotta say it for him. PC Master Race. That's what he usually says when he hears that answer. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't know if he was still there or not. So,、uh, yeah.、Uh, books or movies? 
movies. Sorry. No, it's there's no apologies. There's no apologies. What's your favorite movie? Oh, good question. Uh, Gladiator by a mile. Ooh, Gladiator. that's a good it's, one. Gladiator coming out apparently. I'm sorry. Uh, they're doing it. I think they're working on Gladiator too. I saw that. It was such a surprise. Like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I did not see that. Do you prefer, if you have one, if you don't, if you if you could, Ferrari or Lamborghini? Uh, I'm a Wen Lambo guy for sure. Wen Lambo. Okay. All right. All right. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh. Uh, gosh, I really haven't had ice cream in so long. I'm going to say it was like Muddy Road or Muddy something. I forget the name. Rocky Road? <laughs> Rocky Road, yes. There okay. we go. Yeah. Right. A little All bit right. of caramel, a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, so good. Okay. And this is probably our most infamous, famous, fun, debatable, uh, controversial, but whatever. You answer how you want to. It's all good. One word to describe Elon Musk. Uh, Gigabrain. Gigabrain. Oh, that's Gigabrain a new sure. one. That's a new one. That's a, we haven't heard that one before. Okay. All right. What's like the what's the, what's the typical response? Oh, it's all over the place. It is oh, all man, you know, over the place. You you, you want to go what you you want to go to all our videos and just fast forward to this part and li- and watch this part. It's uh listen to this part. It's uh it's quite quite entertaining usually. Um yeah. Some sometimes controversial. Yeah. It's yeah, I know I know I know he's like a controversial guy, love or hate, but like come on, like the companies he started, his vision for the future. I mean, yeah. you can't argue that he's not insanely smart and talented. It's it's nuts. <laughs> All right. People do. Yeah. Video. <laughs> that. Last one of the 10 here. Video game that popped your cherry. It's the one that like Ooh. got you into it hardcore. doesn't have to be your first. Just the one that like you always remember it. It's the one that really dialed you in. Yeah. It's going to be. Was it Call of Duty 2? I think it was Call of Duty 2 on PC and I was obsessed, like super obsessed. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of a mix. It's Call of Duty Two, it's RuneScape, and it's Dota. Ah, um, mm. oh, Dota, Dota. I lost seven years of that game. You'd know that because of Ru- Rubik, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That game, that game took a lot of days of my life. <laughs> that game was it's the most important game. Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Fantastic. I met my job. wife because of it. Oh, you met Literally. your wife with her? I met, well, we met in Clash of Clans, oh. but she she was a Dota player as well. And she said, "Can I, I used to talk about Dota, and she's like, can we play together one day? And I just connected with her on Steam, and I saw a profile picture and went, how are you doing? Is that you <laughs> or someone famous? And uh, she's like, that's me. And I'm like, how about it? Let's go for a beer. Or something like, I can't remember what it was, but we met up. And actually, our first date, this is how cool she is. We, she came to my house at five in the morning to watch the Dota Ti6 in, uh, International. So that was our first That's day. An awesome. and, yeah, and she used to say, uh, "Can we just stay in all weekend and play Dota, please?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> you did awesome. awesome. You did awesome on the questions there. Uh, th- th- thanks again for uh, stopping by. Uh, is there anything that we missed that you want to add before we uh, say our goodbyes here? 
No, I think we went pretty in depth. I think we covered a lot. Uh, yeah, I just want to again stress that I, I, I truly believe, and a lot of people at Immutable believe that this is the year. Uh, so I'm really excited, really bullish on Immutable, on uh, Web3 gaming in general, whether it's on Immutable or not. Um, so I really do think this is the year. So really excited to see what 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 comes out of it. Fantastic. Uh, where can we find you at uh, on the social channels? You're on X, right? I am on X. Uh, I do not. I use it pretty much exclusively to retweet and follow oh, okay. people. Yeah, you don't have to give that out if you don't list. want to. Um, no, I, I'm happy to. It's it's Ranto Blatt. Uh, it's it's my name backwards. <laughs> so okay. Tal Botner backwards Ranto Blatt. Um, yeah, I mean, feel free to follow me, but you're not going to gain many insights. Uh, I do want to focus a little bit on being more active on, on Twitter and posting and stuff. Um, maybe that will come, but otherwise, yeah, feel free to message me on Discord. I'm in the Immutable Discord. I'm in this uh, in your Discord as well. Um, message me there. Message me on Twitter. It doesn't matter, but yeah, uh, yeah. Ranto Blatt on, on X. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, uh, Ruby, did you want to say anything before we head out? Oh, this has been amazing. This is one of my favorites because of the tech side of it, obviously. And But it, it just really showed me. I learned a lot of things and showed me that, you know, another another brick in that belief that this is where, you know, Immutable will have a big future in Web3. It's it's guaranteed now. You know, they've got to work. They've got to keep on executing and Black Swan events can happen. But I'm, I'm willing to bet that Immutable is one of the bigger players in the space of Web3 gaming going forward because of the just the right people, the right attitude, the right every single thing. And um, yeah, just so exciting. Can't wait for ZKVM. 26th of Feb, Metalcore goes live. Uh, I think Storm Warfare is going live soon. So we'll start to see the games in the next couple of weeks playable on ZKVM, which will then start the flywheel. Yep. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I am obsessed with analytics and like tracking things on chain. So once these games go live, like I will be huddled up on our explorer <laughs> watching everything on chain uh, so super excited to start seeing usage uh, of the zkvm so yeah like you said it's it's coming right around the corner really really soon yeah and, th and thank you very much for your time today uh tell it's a long one and yeah. it went long because it was because it was very interesting and we really appreciate you dedicating that time for our for us and the community listening um yeah appreciate it, it sounded absolutely amazing yeah. everything and uh yeah you're you're uh like you said you're in our discord gamers galaxy discord is open if you did not know if you're listening to this feel free to drop in and you can get the latest insight and alpha from rubik and all the information for our, our entire team and we have some very very high profile guests in there like tao himself that are in there lurking and you know they might just communicate with you you never know uh give this video a like a comment help us out with that algo we're on x we're on youtube we're on rss with our audio and again tau thank you so much for your time and all your information it's been absolutely amazing and that was episode 31 for gamers galaxy and we'll be back soon to talk to you more about the immutable ecosystem everybody take care bye bye now Bye all. Thanks so much.